Hello, this is Dennis Anyone. I'm Dennis Hensley, and you won't believe where I'm coming to you from. It's a little place I like to call Budapest, Hungary. I'm in the apartment of my friend Tom Ford, who is working on a film here. Good morning, Tom. It's morning, so we're a little morning-y. Yeah. Hey, Dennis. Now, what film are you working on here? Um, it is, uh, it's called Spy, and it's the next film from Paul Feig, who did uh, Bridesmaids and The Heat. He's on a roll. He's on a roll. You're yeah. working with a man on a roll. I am, yeah. And uh, who's, is it a uh, comedy, I take it? It's comedy, and it's uh, Melissa McCarthy. They're teaming up again, and... Apparently, she's got something special. Yeah, you know, she's good. like that gal. Yeah. Um, That's fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fun. It's great. Now, is the movie set in Budapest, or are you just shooting here because a lot of movies shoot it's here? It's set in Budapest. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. All right. Now, um, I'm staying, Tom's nice enough to let me stay here as... I think I mentioned in one of the previous podcasts, I was, I left the United States on May 5th to go to Italy to write and direct this show for Princess Cruises called The Dangerous Hour, which was a murder mystery show I did for them last year on one ship. Well, the sister ship came out, so we put it up on the new ship with a new cast, although half the people were the same, and a new murderer. That was my job, is to come up with a whole oh, new... Wow. So similar show, but a, new, a fresh yeah. twist and a new murderer. So um, for the first week or so, uh, no, like nine days, I was in Mount Falcone, Italy, Mon Falcone, mm -hmm. Italy. And then every day I would go to the shipyard and get on the ship and work with the cast whenever I could, and then I would leave the ship. And two days before going there, I got um, an email from Princess saying that they had to have all these films formed out from me... Forms filmed out. What? <laughs> Films formed out. Forms filled out. There you go. From me that they didn't need last year about me being a contractor on the shipyard and liability. Mm. And, and I had to prove I had liability insurance. Oh, and I'm shit. like, I don't. I'm not a company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, a dude yeah. with a laptop. But anyway, it all worked out and I got there. And what struck me as similar between that world when the ship was being built and what you do is just the raw physicality of... Yeah shipyards and movie sets and like both of what we do is as a creative field yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was literally hard hats and yeah everywhere i went to to move to get to where i needed to go i was stepping over people working and mm -hmm. it was like mm -hmm. you know it was like injury alert it, it felt like a public service announcement it, at every second it's that way like every day on a movie set yeah um, alonzo duralde says that um People who like hot dogs or movies should not see how either gets made. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, about this movie. I'm just talking about in general. General, like, yeah. You know, it might be a small set with tons of people crammed into it. And yeah. like, you're just seeing two people having dinner, but then there's like 20 people crammed behind the camera standing on their tiptoes yeah. to stay out of frame. And um, and it can be very hot. It can be, it can be a lot of yeah. things going on. It's grueling. Yeah, it's grueling. Although and people and people long. who like cruise ship comedy murder mystery shows, yeah, should not see that. No, it's fine. It's no. it's exactly what you would expect. It's, so it's people the same reading show with a different ending. New murder. New murder. Maybe it maybe so, it wasn't Fernando Salas. The so Latin I think American you should right now start working on a third one. I've and already got, like, agreed. Clue, the clue, of the movie, and you can have yeah. like different ones, and then they can do all three together. Well, they want they they want another ending, and it's it's this is. Not that interesting, but I'm like looking at the script going, who can it, trying to figure out who it uh, can be. I don't know. I haven't, murder mysteries are not, 
My hat's off to Agatha Christie. Well, Let's I was about put to it say, you, you could, like, in a very short time, become the Agatha Christie of cruise ship performance <laughs> mysteries. I mean, like... And, that, and I, would die, like, I would die a happy man if the, that happened. You know, princess or, or celebrity or somebody roll out the new ship saying, featuring the new murder the new mystery, mystery from, Yes, Tindle, which is Tindle. not that hard to figure out, and A, probably has so many holes in it. But <laughs> it's a lot more of pop a, culture references. Yes, it's more about the jokes and the silliness. <laughs> um, first of all, this recording may sound worse than any I've ever done, which is would be a high mark. Or it could sound better because I'm recording it on my laptop with a mic that Tom was nice enough to buy yesterday at a tech store, and I'm recording it on QuickTime. In other words, I don't know what the F I'm doing, and, and but this, I'm not using my usual way. It looks like a coffee stirrer. I mean, it's really this could. tiny little stem with a ball on the end yeah. of it that, like, I... So if it works, it works, and um, that's great. So after... I finished, I, I was in Mount Falcone for nine days, then the ship was finally sailing on what they call a shakedown cruise, which is four or five days with real passengers to try things out. And they were, I don't even know where the passengers came from, I think a lot of them are from Italy, but they were selling it literally for like $99. Oh my God. Because a lot of stuff wasn't up and running, there was only one big production show, but we did our show the last night of the cruise, so we premiered in front of an audience. How many nights was it? Uh, four nights. Okay. Um, but it was fun to be on the ship and Absolutely. be the first person to use the cabin, the first person to masturbate in the bed, the first person to, <laughs> I, did, I didn't mean that, I meant sleep in the bed, the first person to, just everything's new. You, you broke know? everything in. Yeah, I broke it all, <laughs> I broke it all in and it broke me in too. And speaking of which, I am wearing what I like to now call my fat shorts. <laughs> I have just been, it's been an eaterama. Yeah. Between Italy and the ship, and it's not like there's a tender grains. Yeah, or no. A, there's no healthy options. Or my fresh foods. No. My fit foods. There's nothing like that. It's here. tough, and so my shorts are not buttoned on top. Yeah. It's just the belt holding them up because I've been here for four months, and Hungarian food is pretty dense. Yeah. It's it's kind of it's it's hearty. Well, what do you miss the most about the states? Being here so long. Um, I miss I miss um, I miss my friends. I mean, you're the first friend I've seen in almost four months, and that's these wow. past couple and of days. Wow, and I'm fat, and, you're, and you and, you're the, and I really let you down with and that. You're, and you're the most friend I've seen <laughs> in, in, in four months. Um, so th these couple of days you've been here have been just a thrill for me because I just I'm getting out for the first time really and seeing the city as a tourist, which yes. I've been here for four months, and I hadn't been to Buda Castle until you and I went yesterday. Which, which was, was like, incredible. It was incredible, but it's kind of crazy that I've been here this long and just like had my head... You know, you've been working. Book, it's a different thing. And even yeah. if you have a day off, it sounds like you have the kind of job where you have to be thinking all the time and emailing, and yeah. it's yeah. hard to, to drop everything. So the fact that you were able to let me stay here and, and be here and, and see the city with someone who knows everything that they're doing and where to it's go. It's not like I don't have the space here. I've got it's, two bedrooms he's and two and a half He's got a nice little setup. It's, yeah. it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's like uh, most New Yorkers would. Yeah. They I, would, yeah. I can't figure out the bathrooms here because they all three have these giant heated towel racks in them. Yeah. But like the little half bath is like a closet you can I didn't even know there in. was a little half bath. Oh yeah, I'll show you later. But like there's this massive heated towel rack in it. And yeah. I don't know there's no I don't know what that's for. Yeah. But um but I miss my friends. I miss um, the neighbor kitty that would come and hang out with me. And, and my friend who's checking my place has been sending me going by and sending me videos of her. Oh that's visiting. fun. I miss What's the, the neighbor's kitty name? Lola. 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 All right. Kitty, neighbor kitty Lola. I like it. Um and then I miss Itacho. I That's, miss Runyon Canyon. I know. I miss my gym. 
I miss. I mean, I mean, you have a, a trainer here. I do have a trainer here. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah and it's crazy because labor is his name. Does he got a cool name? It's it's spelled C S A B A, which okay. I would say Saba, but it's in Hungarian it's pronounced Chuba. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like a of Hungarian version of Christopher, right? Or what? I love but, it. But yeah, all the names here, like Istvan is Stephen, Sandor is Alexander, yeah. Gabor is Gabriel. Oh, that's cool. There's tons of Gabors here. I'll I call my friend one. Gabriel Gabor. Yeah, I only know one Gabriel back home. That's our friend Gabriel Gober. Yeah. So, but anyway, that that's, you know, I miss a lot. And I'll be home in four weeks. So, Are you just excited? I am. Not, I mean, just, I'm just homesick. I'm yeah. ready to go home. You know? Yeah, But I'm I get also, it. I'm, you know, this is a great opportunity to be in Europe and, to, you know, work on a cool project. I think Budapest is one of my favorite places I've ever been. The, the architecture and the... It, Everything's really beautiful, and mm-hmm. but what I learned, I went on a bicycle tour my first free day. You were still working. Uh, I did. There were five of us on the tour. I went, the guide was named Susie, mm-hmm. and I just instantly loved her because she had a really dry British kind of sense of humor, mm-hmm. like a dark sense. Of, I thought she might have studied in England for a while or something like that. She had a really great sense of humor, so every historical story kind of had her point of view, and she would be like. Yes, and that's why everything is so fucked up in this country because, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but first of all, what I love about Hungary and appreciate about them is that they just want to do their own thing and people keep fucking with them over and over and over and over and over again. They go to build this beautiful church. Some, the Turks, the communists, somebody comes in and fucks with them, t- ruins their lives or whatever, makes everything dark and then changes, fucks up the church and now it has this kind of architecture and this kind of architecture. Like they just wanted to be mm-hmm. their own people and they just kept getting screwed with. And yet they persevered and created all this beauty around it. Mm-hmm. And then they finally, in 1989, I think they finally really became, she kept calling it, that's when we got our independency. And I was like, I love your independency. I'm so happy for your independency. And um, she would say, yes. She goes, oh, this, this is the most fucked up language ever. And, and every, every like, historical story kind of sounded like something out of scandal. Like, have you heard of, um, she was either a princess or a duchess or a queen, Sisi? She mm-hmm. was part of the Austria, mm-hmm. when it was Austria-Hungary. Mm-hmm. She was part of the Austrian royalty. And she had a lover in Hungary. Oh, uh, who was a big strapping soldier and a famous yeah, name. And, and um, Susie had a picture that she would hold out, and I was like, he was a big strapping soldier, and, and they were having an affair, although it wasn't well known at the time, but it was documented later, and there were letters. And because of that, she came here as much as she could. She had a special seat at the opera, hmm. but she was the royal who broke all the rules you know, had big long hair all the way to her feet and rode side saddle and kind of like Diana or Evita where she, she's sort of the people's person that doesn't, mm-hmm. that, that, that pushes up against as much tradition as she can. And so there are a lot of things named after Cece and, and she was a badass. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course I was in Vienna the other day, which I'll talk about in another podcast. And, um, they were all about Vienna and Austria and Austria. And then when I, you know, they're all about their history and how awesome Austria is mm-hmm. and whatever and then and then we joined with Hungary and that's when we were this and that and and of course the count of course the headquarters was always here in Vienna and this <laughs> lovely palace then I come here and there's like and then we're fucking stuck with the um fucking Austrians and they you know what I mean? like it was just 
getting that the bristling back and forth, even through centuries of history. Yeah, yeah. So, and and so yesterday we went on there. They built a Ferris wheel. Yep. Uh, that's going to be here all summer, but it's oh, it's giant. It's like it's not as big as the London Eye, but it has that same sort of quality to it. And they just literally put it up in two days. Yeah, literally. Like I I left for work on Saturday because we're working weekends right now, and and looked down Andrashi, and like there's this giant Ferris wheel on the horizon that wasn't there the day before. Yeah, giant. It's, it's giant. I mean, it's 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 taller than any building in around. And yeah. you know, when we went up on it, I you could see. You know, not the curvature of the earth, but you could see pretty far. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. It was wonderful. And then, excuse me, yesterday when I was on my bike tour, we went into the square where the basilica was, and they happened to be building mm -hmm. the world record-setting tallest Lego tower. Mm -hmm. And I was a Lego kid. I love Legos. I still do. And they were building it, and when we were there, they had just gotten set the record, like, you know, 20 minutes mm -hmm. before, and the tower was up, and they had a big yellow crane with a video camera going all the way up and then all the way down. And I think I texted you about it or you told did, you yeah. about it. And I was like, oh, we have to go see the Lego tower. Yeah, and I was all excited because I was like, oh, i got to go see that tomorrow with Dennis because yeah. I was on set when you were texting me the right. photos of it. And when we get there, yeah. they were taking it down. Yeah. It was almost all the way dismantled. It was maybe like 12 feet of it left, I think. Yeah. And, and it, it was, was ripping it apart Ripping it apart like... I mean, when I was a kid, Legos were expensive and pricey, and they yeah. were such a commodity. They were like yeah. gold. And somebody, like, we had a, I remember having a trunk, and it opened, and it had a lot of Legos yeah. in there. And people would see that and look at it with, like it was gold. And to me, it wasn't enough. I wanted yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were just sweeping Legos up like it was just cow crap after a parade, yeah. or horse crap after a parade. And, and you were smart enough. You did something I'm envious of. I should have done it. They, they were there on the ground in front of me. Yeah, but it didn't even occur to me. That's yeah, the thing. I you mean, took a really cool souvenir. There, there was there was Lego pieces laying all around the ground, so I picked up a red brick, a white brick, and a green brick, and put them together in the shape of the uh, Hungarian flag. So that's my that's my souvenir. It's of amazing. You know, it's just like a little. It's perfect. Thing. Yeah, no, it's kind of fun. Yeah. So, you know, today the thing about Budapest is one day it's a magical record-breaking Lego tower. The next, it's just a bunch of bricks that some dude has to clean up. <laughs> and there were like four dudes with cranes. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And notice they had the base was already... Did you notice those base plates? They were like a cross. Yeah, yeah. But they were already... It wasn't just like, oh, let's get some bricks and make a... They had a... They had a plan. Yeah, no, that was they had like some strategic. Yeah. Yes. They, they had that for support and like, you know... It's not like you just got a bunch of dumb kids who mm. said build a tower. Mm -hmm. Like you can't trust kids with that stuff. No. You can't trust kids with the toys. Mm -mm. Not for two seconds. Not for record breaking. No. Um, let me see what else is on here on my list. Um, so what else did we went out last night? We went to well yesterday we happened upon Ariba, yeah, which, which is, is awesome. the Chipotle of Budapest, and I can't believe how excited I got by it. Yeah, there there's. Um... There is a restaurant over near the Danube called Iguana, which is really good, and it's kind of like a sit-down. It's, it's Mexican, but like it's not Mexican like we're used to because they're not making the stuff with the same ingredients we have in the U.S. But the food is amazing there. The owner's name is Mo, and then he also has a chain of these taquerias around Budapest um, called Ariba. And it's it, to me, it feels like Hungarian Chipotle because you go in, you order like Chipotle, and the food's just it's super so good. good. Yeah. We just happened upon it yesterday, and it was like a magical day because we'd been walking down the hill from the from the 
the Buddha Palace, yeah, which is another castle. one of those things where the gate is original, and then yeah. the, the castle, the palace got destroyed. So somebody rebuilt it, who took over mm -hmm. and didn't and fucked it up and mm -hmm. didn't do as good a job. And it's just again, they're constantly like mm -hmm. having to deal with intruders and mm -hmm. changing regimes. And something that's right down the street from where you live, where you're staying, is the the terror museum. Yeah, that's which, the next one block over. A museum about terrorism and Soviet rule and fascist rule. Yeah. And it's really intense. I didn't have time to go in it. I haven't been in it either because I've heard that it, it's a very intense experience. And yeah. like, I don't know if you walked close enough by, but there's like little tiny frame portraits of victims of terror. Yes. Like in, in the wall of the building around it. There's a piece of the Berlin Wall out in front on the sidewalk. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, it looks pretty intense. Well, on our bike tour, Susie, she kept doing this thing where she would always tell us fun stories, and then she would say, and what do you think that looks like there? And why do you think they did that? Like, the logical tour questions. And in the past, I usually think things through, and I do pretty good with those pop quizzes. There's only, there was only, like, one at every place we stopped. Mm -hmm. And the, the door is red, and why do you think that is? And then, of course, I know it. On this tour, I didn't know any of the fucking obvious <laughs> questions. There's a statue at the top of the, the sort uh -huh. of, I think it's called the Statue of Liberty. It's, it's named like that. Mm -hmm. And it's a woman holding a, a gold leaf or something. And I think it was originally supposed to be something else. And of course, the people took over and made it something else. Yep. And uh, she's like, and what do you think? We call it something because it looks like a normal household object and it's the nickname. And I'm like, a lamp? A like I'm mm. naming all this stuff and it, of course it's a bottle opener. Yeah. And they like that because, you know, people like to party in, in Budapest. Did so yeah. that's, she's welcoming you with a bottle opener. But of course I didn't know any of the answers. And then um, in front of the terror museum, she, she pointed out that no matter what regime would take over, they would always use that as their headquarters. So they didn't like, okay, the fascists are taking over, the communists are taking over, we're going to relocate. They always pick that as their mm -hmm. headquarters. What, and why do you think this is? And I'm like, um, was there a <laughs> sentimental? Like, I didn't know, I didn't know the answer. And um, it turns out it's because it's already set up for interrogations mm. and imprisonments and torture and executions. Mm. I mean, it's set up for everything, yeah. but that in the basement... Yeah. I don't know that and I, I was like, that before I leave. It just sounds... I, I would have liked to have, yeah. but there weren't, wasn't enough time. But um, yeah, it's intense. But um, And I asked her if it was controversial that it, it opened. You know, because things like that always tend to get yeah. people, like the 9-11 yeah. Museum, everyone wants it to be a certain thing, yeah. and the towers. Yeah. And, and, and she said that, that, um, that the city was pleased with, you know, they were, yeah. I don't think there was a big outcry or anything like that but I love my bike tour I would recommend it to anyone and I have Susie's info if you ever come to Budapest but there's something about the mix of things here and the beauty and the architecture and the spirit that I really like I think I'm I might like it more than Vienna mm -hmm. which I loved I don't know sure. and then tomorrow I'm going today I'm going to Prague yeah yeah. we're gonna catch a train well you are I, yeah but uh, you took me to the train station I love train stations and I took a train from Venice where the ship got off to Vienna and it was a sleeper car and that you can do like your own compartment or you could share with one other person or one stranger. So I decided to do the least expensive 
and I, there were six of us in one sleeper car, three bunks on each side. And they were all young. And two of them were guys from California who were traveling with some girlfriend, girlfriends of theirs, like in a group, but they were young, 20-somethings, and they were really friendly. Are you about to have to put an adult explicit content on no, this podcast? No, I don't think so. It sounds like the setup for something really... No. Okay. No. Okay. They were cool, but... Uh, they they were hung, hanging with their girls in the next compartment mm-hmm. for for the first few hours, and they were all talking about American culture references, love and hip hop, and mm-hmm. they watched this and and uh, loud Real Housewife talk. And mm-hmm. but then once it was time to sleep, they calmed down uh, because there were times when it was so kind of cramped, and we were getting in our beds, and, and they were all in there, and maybe one person's feet smelled and. And I'm thinking, I'm, I was just thinking of all the people in my life that could not roll with this. And I'm like, I'm going to be the guy that rolls with it. I'm going to roll with you. it. No, and I have a little that. light and I was reading a book and there was this couple on there. The guy was Argentinian and he was, they were in their 20s and the girl was from London and they were both beautiful. They reminded me of Jesse and Celine from Before Sunrise. They were, you oh, know, yeah, the yeah. Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. And they were so... In love, and you could tell the way he looked at her, and the way they touched, and then they kept eating food out of their bag, and it was loud and noisy. I'm like, how much fucking food? <laughs> what did you? I thought you were supposed to be starving lovers in Europe. Did you raid a Seven Eleven? Like every second, it was some other rapper, whatever. But I thought, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna get busy right here in this Ooh. car. But it wasn't. It were wasn't they like in the bunk above you. Or? I, I think they were sitting across, and then by the time I was I was starting to sleep away, they brought the bunk down. I think they were the two across, you know, the middle and whatever. But you're right there, kind of in their face mm-hmm. a little bit, and I, and the way he looked at her and the way they were together was so like, it just felt young Europe. It, I don't know. It felt it felt foreign, mm-hmm. which it was, but the that kind of intensity. I don't know. I have you noticed? Is this true in Hungary? Sometimes you'll go out and there'll just be a couple making out by oh, a fountain. Oh yeah, no, yeah, we've talked about that for hours on end. Yeah, like like they full on like grind each other's faces together just right on the sidewalk. Yeah, and it's not like oh, like one person you walk down the street and like every block there'll be two couples just full on making out. And one of the locals told me it's because everyone lives with their parents, so they just make. There's out nowhere else to There's go. There's nowhere to go, so they just like make out in public. That makes sense because they. I see it in Rome too, and I think I feel like do these lovers have an intensity to their love that we don't have in America? Is it is it something in the quality of romance or whatever? Or it turns out they just don't have a place. But it's kind of like, what do you want to do tonight? You want to go to a movie? You want to go to the dancing? Let's go sit on that fountain and make out for four hours straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and then go eat. No, you don't have gelato. No, we're just gonna do that. Yeah. And you don't even know if they go home and then have sex. Like it just feels like that's the end point. That's yeah. the thing that they're doing. And I don't think you or, have that in the states. Well, it's not like where are we gonna eat tonight, but like where in public are we gonna go make out? <laughs> exactly. You know, the Which statue? House? You know the what? Octagon? That that hurt my back that time. We can't yeah, go there. No. no, no. no. What about the Trevi Fountain? There's that nice little... The steps are really good I there, think that you know, the height is yeah. good. The height's good. Yeah, and when, remember when I straddled you that time? That was nice. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of love it. I like to do it. I do find that I'm, I'm becoming... Like, I see beautiful people around, and I want to take their picture and stuff, and it's creepy. I'm not like that in the States. Hmm. I think it's because they're... I like the way they're dressed, and, and uh, they have a certain kind of exotic... 
beauty or I don't know. It's, I guess it's because I'm traveling or whatever. But that need to get that picture is, becomes almost overwhelming and it's not good. It's, almost, it's the most urgent thing I feel about Oh, you're going to miss your train? Oh, I don't care. Oh, that couple's walking by. you got to get... Fuck, I can't... It's like, oh, they're going to see me and I can't... The phone, the phone... It's a whoa, whoa, fucking work! I think I got it. Oh, and then I look at it and they're like, I've cut off their heads. But that urgency, I don't understand what it's about. But it really, emotionally, nothing gets me going then. Beauty, beauty alert, picture, fuck. Could do it. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. I, I'm not proud of it. It's, I, maybe it'll go away. But, um... Probably not. Anyways, yeah. So I want to talk a little more about your job. You work in visual effects. Yeah. And what would your title be? Uh, visual effects producer. So you oversee the, the people doing things. Um, well, there's, there's usually a visual effects producer and a visual effects supervisor who kind of are working together. Okay. And the supervisor is like on set making sure the green screens are lit correctly and and, and, you know, kind of talking with the DP, the, the director of photography, and things like that about the technical aspects of it. And then in post-production, they are dealing with the digital artists and, and the composite and giving feedback to make sure it looks right. I'm dealing with the schedule and the budget. Right. And so... Making um, sure they can do what they want to do. Yeah. And, and, when and, they're and, do and it. also, if something, it, you know, it's, it's also... The, everything when you're in production is just like, you know, hold on for your life. It's just a moving target. Right. And so, like, they may need to add things in, you know, but for, for, for you know, to, to save time on the day, you know, to, just to, like, if a stuntman has, like, is squibbed in his suit to look like bullets are hitting right. him. Um, if they're going to do multiple takes, it might take too long to reset that. So they'll want to just have visual effects, you know, hit. Yeah, you know, well, we'll do it. We'll, we'll, we'll fix it in post, yeah, as well, I like to say. Yeah, it's, we'll fix it yeah. in post. And so, like, then I need to like track that and let the studio know, hey, this has come up and this is going to be an additional cost. You know, right. we can cover this within this, you know, something else has come out. So we're, we're kind of like, it's constantly this balancing act. And then when we get into post-production, it's making sure um, temp, temp versions of the shots are ready for preview so the studio can test yeah. the movie and, and that things are meeting, you know, the director's happy with what's being turned around. Um, so what's just, your favorite part of your job? What's the most satisfying part? Um, oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, when people are happy, I mean, seriously, like it, when when you're when, able to make when something, you're able, when 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 something comes out that like um, you know, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's you know, we didn't, never thought it would look that good, right? And and that's meaning the people you work with, not necessarily the audiences. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Like right. like um, you know, I've worked in movies where there was there was there was continuity errors or not errors, but like when they they shoot it one way and then when they cut it together. There might be. A yeah, problem. can you this? Yeah. can you help us solve this issue? Yeah. we don't have and, the right coverage. And um, and and when that happens, and and, and you make a miracle. The, yeah, the, in a way, the supervisor makes the miracle, but like I kind of you know you help facilitate it. it. it yeah, but and, your department is yeah. able to solve a big problem that yeah. they're like, oh yeah. god, yeah. they need. Yeah, you save the day. Yeah. And, what What are some of the favorite projects that you worked on? Well, um, last year I, I got to work on the heat for the last few weeks of post, and with Sandy was, Bullock and Melissa McCarthy and, and Paul Feig, and yeah. and it was great. And and also, you know, not just the big names, but like the post supervisor, um, Joan Bierman is a dear friend, and just every any time I can work with her, it's a great right. thing because she and I just 
you know, we're great together. You gel. Yeah. And then, um, and then before that, I was on uh, War Bodies. and That was that, a fun movie. A it was zombie a love movie. story. Zombie they love made story. out in public. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that was... I went to Montreal for 13 weeks for prep and production, and then back to L.A. for post-production. And just everybody I was working with on that movie was great. Right. And just so nice to deal with. The director was Jonathan Levine, who also did 50-50. He was just such a nice guy and so great to work with and um, the editor was Nancy Richardson and she was lovely and fun post supervisor on that uh, her name was Leslie Rodier and she was fantastic just everybody and when, you, when you're when you working with people and there's no a-holes right that's rare yeah that's it's really an a-hole rare. free zone that's what yeah. you go for that's what all, there's for. always one and yeah. um, on that one there wasn't there wasn't one yeah no they, they were like you're we're looking around for the asshole and there wasn't yeah. one you, you just keep waiting for for them to, <laughs> for them to emerge you know, um now we went to a ruin bar last night yeah. which is a bar set in the ruins yeah basically yeah which is i guess kind of a trend here and it was kind of cool i like the open airness of it and yeah it was I, cool. I had been hearing about them but i hadn't been to one because what i heard was that like they really get going when the weather gets warm yeah. And it was just this past weekend that it got really warm here yeah. in Budapest. But um, it's like a ruined building um, with an open-air bar inside. And there was like a metal structure inside that looked like... Like scaffolding, like, like scaffolding, they would have a gay pride. And apparently it was holding the building up. Yeah. You know? And it looked, it was like, yeah, it could tip over at any yeah. moment. But yeah, and, and it's like, I guess they, they don't have the liability kind of insurance issues yeah. here that they do in the U.S. They don't give a fuck. They really don't. because They've been through too much. Every restaurant puts tables out on the sidewalk, which yeah. they can't do in the U.S. Yeah. Everyone walks around with beer or wine yeah. on the sidewalk. Susie made us be very careful because look for the broken glass because you don't want to. Yeah. There's many people walking yeah. with uh, empty bottles and everything yeah. every night, partying, and I don't want to change your tire. I hate to do this. <laughs> and of course, we had a flat tire at the end of our tour and got trapped in the mm. rain. But it brought us all closer together as a tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all fine, but uh, I liked I liked riding around the city on a bike. I like the, I think that's a fun way to do a tour if it's a small group because you are learning things and you're seeing things, but you're also engaged and like oh god I can't hit that cat I better watch no. out like you know what I mean? like yeah. I, you have to be alert and yeah. and you can you know and you can say well yes I'm in my fat shorts but I did ride a bike today <laughs> like you know there's that there's that. Mm-hmm. There's that. Um, so you're counting the days till you get to go home. So yeah, not because of not because I don't like Budapest, just because I'm I'm homesick. Right. It's been a I'm, long time. It's been a long time. It's been it's been almost four months, and I've got it's been three and a half months, and I've got four weeks to go. Right, a little less than four weeks. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, but I I am kind of counting the days. And I'm going to Prague today on a train. Yeah. Uh, we went to the train station last night and bought my ticket, and you kind of have that to. That was an adventure. It was kind of an adventure. I'm glad I didn't wait till this morning to do it. I would have. Yeah, we would. Yeah, you would have freaked been, out. I when we were there, I'll say the train station is this huge open. I love European train station. The whole glass front and all. Yeah. With the Burger King outside. Yeah, and yeah. it looked like Moulin Rouge, only the red signs were Burger, Burger King. King. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. It's okay. Have it your way. Well, I, I, where I'm living here is a few blocks from the Octagon, which yeah. is like this eight-sided intersection. It's kind of like the center point of, of downtown Budapest. Yeah. Um, but when you go down there, there's 
a Burger King and McDonald's, a TGI Fridays, yeah. a Subway. I mean, it's just all these American fast food chains. And we were at a Hooters. We were, we were near a Hooters, Hooters the other night. Here. And I'm thinking and the chicken wings probably aren't very good. You go, <laughs> you don't really go for the, the food. Yeah. yeah. You go for the the TNA. <laughs> but uh, oh, but you know what? We is worth mentioning because I didn't know before I came here, and I don't think you did either. Is that Budapest is two cities? Yes. There's Buda and, and there's Pest, and we're in we're in Pest. Pest. I used to get that wrong on the tour. Yeah. So right now, which one are you in? Uh, Pest. No, you. It, it's <laughs> it's Buda. Ugh. Stupid American yeah. imperialist. Yeah. We were in love. I can't help it. But but, but um, it's been Pest is like downtown, right? And it's more metropolitan and cosmopolitan. And then Buda on the west side of the Danube is more quiet, tranquil, and pastoral. And I've gotten a sense from the locals that they kind of like. They kind of consider Buddha to be the valley, right? Like, like one of the guys we met last night would never live. Uh, yeah, would never live there. It's the yeah, it's the eight one eight. It's the eight one eight Budapest, which of course is probably where I would be. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and then I went to a thermal bath yesterday while you were uh, you were here. I went off. I went gallivanting off on my own, and they have all of these thermal baths. Mm -hmm. And Buddha means water. Oh, I didn't know that. Buddha means water. I had no And idea. they have all of these natural resources for water. And um, they have these thermal baths. And there's a, a number of different bath places that you go. And they're like public pools only. They're, there's The one I went to was the, very warm. And then there were other different pools at the same place. And it, it was one of those places where there's a system at work, but you can't figure out the system. Yeah. And it took me a while it's to a figure it out. Yeah. One thing I've sort of learned from this trip is that I don't, I'm pretty unflappable. Like, that, I, I, if I focus, I don't get freaked out. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, they gave me this watch. It must go somewhere. If I, if I put a pleasant look on my face, I can maybe ask somebody, oh, wait, if you push it up against this thing, oh, that's not right. Oh, you go to the locker first, and then you do that, and then you push it up against this thing, and it was yeah. like a divide. Yeah. But I figured it out. And um, it's weird. Like, you go, you show up in a new place, and you're like, Oh, this is overwhelming. I'll never figure yeah, out. Yeah. And then, like a day later, you're like, "Oh, I kind of have my bearings." It's I don't know. That's a neat feeling about traveling to new places. Is feeling like going from overwhelmed to oh, I could, I know how to get. You want to use the metro in Vienna? Let's go. Yeah, I yeah. can. Yeah, I know how to do that now. It's cool. So nice. I know. It's, traveling is the best. Fat shorts or not. <laughs> and then when I go home in June, I just don't, I don't know what's next, but it's hard to be freaked out about your life when you're not in it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I'm displaced, so yeah. I, I'm not... I, I, I know I need to find work or job or whatever now that this princess yeah. thing is done. I know that, I know that, but I can't do anything about it here, so I might as well Enjoy it. have and, the... Yeah. Uh, Go to strawberry. The strawberry soup. I had strawberry soup the other night. Everything I've eaten here has been really delicious. Yeah, that's why I'm in fat shorts. <sighs> fat shorts. It's, I would name. I wanted to name this particular podcast "Hungry Like the Wolf," <laughs> right? <laughs> or, or or the Brotherhood of the Traveling Fat Shorts. Yeah, exactly. AKA. Oh my goodness. So um, I think we'll wrap it up and then I'll go to the train. But I. Oh, I was gonna say. One of the reasons I, first of all, Budapest was on my dream board, and so was Prague. Uh, yeah. And, oh, guess, and you're, I, you're just checking things off that list like crazy. In a way that I'm, I, I isn't that conscious. It's just kind of like, wow, I did do all of that stuff. Yeah. I, there's this, 
I don't know. It works. Then I'm going to Dubai after well, I Prague. To, I was about to say that. I didn't know if that was a spoiler alert or not. No, like, I'm you're saying going to it. Dubai. I know. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> I love that I would have a spoiler alert about my life. <laughs> on, on, well, it's your podcast. <laughs> it's so, my podcast. Know, that's true. There, there's, on, there's story arcs going there, on. There really is. And uh, <laughs> and basically, I start out this weight, and then I, I add 30. Um, but uh, my friend Zaid is working in Dubai, and... I always wanted to visit the Middle East. I, he's from Jordan. I wanted to go to Jordan with him at some point. But um, he's in Dubai, and it's so much cheaper to fly from here oh, yeah. to there. Yeah. So I just booked it on. So yeah. I go from Prague, Budapest to Prague, Prague to Dubai, Dubai back to Rome, because I have to fly out of Italy for my princess ticket. Yeah, yeah, And then one night in Rome, see my friend there, probably eat tiramisu at my favorite place, Pompeii. That'll be my swan song of like, I was thinking that today. I'm like, that'll be my swan song of like total eating, eat, mm-hmm. pray, eat more. <laughs> and then, and then I thought, well, no, I need to be able to eat whatever I want on the plane home. Like I need yeah, to. No, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. in, in an airport, Tom, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, make it help. Yeah. So it's not gonna. You know what? It'll just be. It'll just start uh, yeah. next year. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm mean, I'm going to Dubai, and I'm a I'm a little. Whoever I mention that to, they're either like, oh, yeah, why do you yeah. want to go there? Or, oh, that's so neat. Yeah. Like, people are not nonplussed about it. Some people yeah. are like, why do you want to go there? But, I, you know, it's a few days. I have a friend there. I miss him. I'll see him. And he, you know, it's great to go somewhere and, and have somebody there, like like here, who just, like, you get to hang out with them, but they also get to show you things. And yeah. I don't know. I think traveling is great. I'm jealous. I think that sounds amazing. It's going to be what a, it's going to yeah. be cool. Yeah. But... You know, before you go on these things, you're always thinking, oh, will I figure out the train and the currency and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And they're not... Um, things happen and stuff, but it, it, you, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing to be freaked out about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, 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 you go to an airport, you get in a cab, you go to your yeah. hotel, or what? you go to your thing. Or I don't know. It's not... I've had very... I haven't, I haven't had scary, overwhelmed moments where I couldn't figure out what I was trying to do. Yeah. It's gone. But I've kind of stayed mellow. Tried to stay mellow. It's good. Yeah. So, and um, I always wanted to go to Prague. And then I saw this movie, Hank and Asha, a few months ago. It was a little indie. I think I may have talked about it on this podcast, although I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I read about it in the Friday LA Times, and it was showing in NoHo. And me and my friend Matt Zarley went, and... It was a love story between two characters, a man in Brooklyn, New York, and a film student from India who was living in Prague, studying film in Prague. Mm-hmm. And she saw a documentary he made and started a correspondence with him, but all of their stuff was done via video letters. So they would talk into the camera to each other and send files back and forth. Mm-hmm. And the, a love story developed. But she would, they would literally take each other on dates with their camera. Like, here we are in Prague, and we're going to have a picnic in this park. And I took that as a sign that I was meant to... Like her, but with a real person on the other end. Yeah. Okay. It was really unique. It really showed that you could make something imaginative and moving for not very much money yeah. with the right imagination. And yeah. It was like a before sunrise kind of love story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that was like, okay, that's a sign I'm meant to go to Prague. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up. We have a few errands to run, and then I'm going to go to the train station, and uh, hopefully this audio recording worked out. Yeah, I know. There it is.
There it is. There it is. What do you miss most about culturally at, in, at home? Are you getting any television or anything like that? Um, <clears throat> everybody here is using a, um, a service called Hide My Ass. What's that, that? What is that? It like hides your VPN number on your computer. So like if I go to a lot like Hulu or somewhere place like that, it'll say this content is not available in your country. Mm. Like you can't <clears throat> you can't stream video over here. But hide my ass like disguises your VPN so it looks like you're in the U.S. So yeah. a lot a lot of people here are using Hulu and Netflix with that. Right. So I've, I have been watching much TV. I've been watching Game of Thrones and right. And, and Bates Motel. Right. That's about it. And then um, it's it's weird to try to go to movies here because everything's in, dubbed into Hungarian. And so there's only a couple of English screenings a day. Yeah. So in the in the almost four months I've been here, I've seen Captain America, which was awesome. Yeah. But it was the dimmest, darkest picture I've ever seen in a movie theater. Yeah. And even though it was a nice, you know, not arc light type. It looked kind of like... But it was kind of like an AMC, essentially. Captain Native American. Yeah. <laughs> Is that bad? That's bad. That's and stupid. then I saw Spider-Man, so like two Marvel movies. But Yeah. They um, should have had a villain in that movie called The Kitchen Sink because yeah, they threw everything yeah. into that movie. There was a lot going on. Too much. Too much, yeah. The interpersonal stuff was great. Yeah, then, no. So I'm, I, oh, I have a question for you yeah. as a visual effects person. With these big budget spectacle superhero movies, yeah. that third act is always a bonanza yeah. of everything. Yeah. And I tend to numb out. I tend yeah. to have... I've seen so much yeah. razzle-dazzle that I just... I'm numb to it now. I don't connect as much. And I, th yeah. I think the core audience still does. Yeah. But I'm wondering if that's an issue in the industry where it's kind of like, how do we raise the stakes or do we do what World War Z did, which was make everything small and just make it about one dude trying to get through this hospital with a few zombies in it. Like, I just... I feel like... And I felt like Captain America was another one where that third, that third act where everything's going crazy... Yeah. I, I tend to like, because there's not a lot of human stuff going on, because it's action, action. I don't know. I find myself a bit um, numb to it. I don't know. I mean, like, um, I love Captain America. It, I mean, it took me almost a month after it opened to see it, and I kind of stayed spoiler-free, which I don't That's usually good. do. And, and I just, everything about that was yeah. everything I love about yeah. the movies. Yeah. And, um... <sighs> I don't know what to say about spectacle because I think it's like, if it's done well and done right, you know, people will engage. Yeah. Um, and then there's something like gravity that that is a special effects, but it is kind of a different thing. Or yeah. It's, yeah. It's a different. It's its own experience. It's its own experience. But I think with these popcorn movies, like I don't know, I find that because so much is possible and yeah. things look so amazing. Yeah. And and there's a new one every week. Yeah. I think I find. Big deal, you know yeah, what I well, mean? Like, yeah, I think that. that but like, in other words, the, the value of what you're able to do, yeah. people are not—they don't appreciate it as much. Yeah, it's Sunday was May 25th, which was the 37th anniversary of the release of Star Wars. And you know, it, back then, yeah, that, seeing that movie, people had never seen stuff like that. I mean, maybe, yeah. you know, like 2001 and stuff. But like, you know, that that changed the industry in a lot of ways, and now where there used to be a couple of huge event movies like that per year it's like every weekend now yeah. it's like it's like what's pushing uh, pushing off the, the the big screens for the next weekend and, yeah um so i don't i don't know i don't know where it'll go i mean yeah. it seems like at some point the pendulum will swing back to other stuff or not i don't know yeah 
I just know that I, I've been noticing that as I've watched these big budget spectacles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for having me in your Budapest apartment and showing me around. It's been yeah. a real treat. No, it's been a treat for me to, like I said, to have someone here and to hang out with, you know, a friend and all that's not someone I work with. That's so right. All right. Well, thank you so much. We hope, I hope this um, technically worked out okay. We'll see how we do. Uh, if you want to send me an email, the... I think it's DennisAnyonePodcast at gmail.com, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm so disconnected. Look, yeah. people, I've got food to eat. I've got pounds to gain <laughs> and fat selfies to take. So <laughs> deal with it. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.